0: This is the
1: Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 244. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, today on the show, we're going to talk to Eric Kozlik from the Modern Bar Cart Podcast and Embidiment Bitters. Eric's podcast is uh, it's interesting and well-researched. It's aimed at uh, Home Bartenders, but whether you're a professional or enthusiast, I think you'll enjoy my chat with Eric today. Hey, remember last week we talked about our new sponsor, Shaker and Spoon? Well, actually, they're going to sponsor every other show for the next few weeks, so uh, we'll have another official sponsorship message for them next week. But I just want to let you know that as I record this, this coming Sunday, March 11th, 2018, Hazel, who, as you know, if you've been following the show, helps me out on the podcast. She's doing a Facebook Live cocktail party using Shaker and Spoon's Kiss Me On Whiskey Box. So I hope you'll tune in for the fun and check out the live Facebook uh, event on our Facebook page for Tender Journey. you can get more details about it on our Facebook page. And once again, it's this Sunday, March 11th, 2018 at 5 p.m. Eastern. Please join in and make yourself a drink and help support the show. The bigger the numbers, the better uh, the better when we go pitch this kind of thing for, for, for new sponsors next time. Okay, let's do a cocktail of the week. Well, as I record this today in early March, it's snowing like crazy here in the lower Hudson Valley of New York. We've gotten well over a foot of snow, and right now it's coming down harder than it has all day. Hopefully the power won't go out or the roof fall in before I post this. Well, I was thinking, what do I want to drink on this cold, swimmy uh, (laughs) swimmy day, snowy day, and how about a margarita? I did a little bit of a variation, and I'm calling it the Snow Globe Mandarin Margarita. Uh, I was in a nice produce store the other day, Day and I was waiting to check out, and I smelled this wonderful orangey smell. I looked around to see where it was coming from, and I saw these beautiful mandarin oranges. I thought, I should make a drink with these. Here's here's the recipe. Two ounces of Patron Silver, three quarters of an ounce of Gramagne, three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, half an ounce of that mandarin orange juice, half to three quarters simple syrup. I, I started with a half, and, uh, it was a little too tart because the mandarin orange juice is kind of tart itself so i add a little bit more uh so probably closer to three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup i used four drops of orange bitters and eight drops of a sea salt solution that i make uh just by mixing sea salt with warm water and i keep it in a little uh drop a bottle with a dropper thing. Uh, So shake and serve that. I served it up. You can serve it on ice if you prefer. Last year, I was honored to, to be chosen to take a trip to visit the Patron Hacienda. That's a trip that the United States bartender members can apply for. You can hear all about that trip back on show number 202 or look back in the podcast feed for the show titled Hacienda Patron Tequila from Farm to Glass. And uh, we'll have links, too, in the show notes. Um, That was a really good episode, if I do say so myself. Hope hope you'll check that one out if you haven't heard it already. There's lots lots of great info in that show about how tequila is produced. Anyway, just one of the beautiful gifts they gave us during that trip was a glass globe with, like, a triangle-shaped glass that fits inside it. Hard to describe, but check out the photos on the uh, show notes on bartenderjourney.net or also in the Instagram feed, the Journey Instagram feed. So with all this snow we got today, I packed the glass globe full of snow and put the mandarin margarita in the little glass, it was fun. So sometimes on a cold winter day you want a drink that reminds you of summer, that's what that cocktail was for me today. Well I was lucky not to have lost power yesterday with all that heavy wet snow, not everybody around here was so lucky the next day now, and uh, the lights flickered several times, and I abandoned recording for the day, started running around looking for flashlights, and got the fireplace nice and hot. I unplugged the computers and the other gear to protect it, so I went out this morning and measured 21 inches of snow in one spot, 18 in another spot. I'm going to skip over the book of the week for time-saving sake. I have to get out there and shovel, but uh, I'll put a few links to uh, books we've done in the past up on the show notes. Let's get to our talk with Eric Kozlik. Thank you, Eric. We got Eric Koslik on the on the line here, and uh, from the Modern Bar Cart Podcast. That's awesome. Well, thanks for so much for joining us today.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. And uh, you know, thanks for um, you know what you've done with the podcast. Obviously, it's a it's a really influential one, and uh, it's a pleasure to listen to. Thank you. Thanks so much.
1: And uh, your bitters company is uh, real interesting. Sent me some stuff over. I uh, mix myself a gin and tonic here with the. Uh, with the uh, new bitters. The, yeah. it's, so let's see, we got the Frontier Bitters, right? Yep. We got the liquid gold. That's what I put in my gin and tonic here.
0: Yeah, uh, we, we, we totally uh, are wearing the same outfit right now. I'm actually drinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to try a, I want to try a little old-fashioned and a little bit with the uh, with the with
0: the uh,
1: Iki. am I saying that right? Iki bitters? Yeah.
0: Japanese bitters. Iki Japanese bitters those are definitely um, you know th- th- that's the flavor that um, started off this this new line for us. Um, we, we started making bitters back in I want to say like 2014. it's been a, it's been a few years and um, so we have a basic aromatic uh, Creole style similar in uh, flavor profile to Peychaud's. We've got an orange, a lavender, and a chocolate, and we've had those for a while now. And so um, we were able to, uh, over the course of last year, do some really fun flavor development and uh, come out with this kind of, what I think is an innovative set of flavors that instead of focusing on uh, like a single stream flavor, it it focuses on the kind of cultural flavor palette of a region in the world. So we've got India and kind of the spice trade um, in those liquid gold bitters that you have in your gin and tonic. And the Iki Japanese bitters are very umami. They're a little bit spicy. Um, They're not like kick you in the face spicy um, because actual real wasabi root, which we use in it, is a little bit closer toward like a peppery celery flavor than it is to like a really bombastic horseradish that we associate with when we actually eat sushi. Um, So it's very uh, saline, a little bit umami. And then we've got uh, frontier sarsaparilla bitters, which are all North American native ingredients. Uh, a lot of people don't think of the north of North America as having like a, its own kind of unique native flavors uh, because we do a lot of importing. We're a nation of immigrants. But um, so we have those uh, juniper, blueberries, sarsaparilla root, birch bark, some really cool like lemon balm and mentholated flavors in there. And that's all stuff you're sourcing from from the U.S., right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, cool. And then finally, we have our Typhoon Tiki bitters, which are kind of a fusion of Southeast Asian and uh, Caribbean flavors, in the same way that most tiki ingredients are. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I like
1: you list the ingredients right on the on the label there. Not all, not all bitters. In fact, I can't think of one other bitters company that does that.
0: (laughs) Well, that's, so, so our first four flavors, um, the aromatic orange, lavender chocolate, we actually got those certified USDA organic and they have really high, um, standards for, um, transparency. Mm -hmm. So we're very proud of that. And it's kind of a habit that we have. Uh, and you know, we, we like, we like letting people know, what we put in there, it's it's a good feeling as a consumer, right? Definitely. Well, I hear if you make the trip
1: down to uh, Angostura's place, they they'll take you on the tour of the rum distillery, but where they make the bitters, off limits, double security doors and guards <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. They won't let you know what's in their bitters. <laughs> yeah, German, yeah, etc. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. Well, yeah, I love that you're doing that. Uh, rather than picking out a certain flavor to focus on, it's it's a region, a, a collection of flavors, really, right?
0: Yeah, when the, there's kind of a bit of a paradox in there right uh, the cocktail is an american invention but um it wouldn't exist if not for things that come from other places punch a really noteworthy kind of grandfather of cocktails is you know it's kind of developed in india um and those flavors kind of came with it to the the new world and the colonies and in england so it's, it's a cocktails at there if you investigate all the roots and branches. Um, you know it extends around the globe it's not just kind of a, an American phenomenon right right and uh, that's real cool you're doing a different episode of your your own podcast based on each, each of these four different new bidders that you do <laughs> that's a great idea yeah I think these types of podcasts are, are good because I get to go in and do some storytelling and do a little bit of research of my own um, I'm actually, after I get off the interview with you this afternoon, I'm actually uh, doing another interview with my wasabi producer out in Oregon. So we'll get to learn a little bit about that, a little bit about Japanese um, cocktail culture and ingredients and that'll be the next episode up. Um, so, But the podcast has been really fun um, and it was, it was interesting when you got in touch with me. Um, I had actually attended the panel that you did at Tales of the Cocktail how cool very Uh, cool yeah and so it was neat um i was really nervous about starting a podcast because you know it seemed very technical very difficult and um i came out of that room with you and with souther and who else was on that panel damon bolte and karen newman was the uh, moderator yes so after i after i came out of there and had listened to all of you guys kind of spread your uh recommendations i was like oh well i'm either Doing or attempting to do most of the things you said so I was I I walked out of there feeling pretty good and we did an episode a week every every week so we've got about um, 32 33 episodes now and uh, we have no uh, no intention of stopping and we've gotten a lot of great feedback from uh, listeners so um, definitely folks. Are interested, um, head over to the Modern Bar Cart podcast and check us out there. Yeah, well,
1: it's so well done, and I can tell you spent a lot of time researching it. You know, which I appreciate. You know, this so the podcast world is there's such a uh, such a variance or a uh, spectrum is the word I'm looking for of of you know just two guys turning on the mic and, you know, bullshitting for a while or, you know, or well researched stuff like you do. So um, I think I I think that's great that you spend so much time, you know, making sure your content's worth listening to.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was um, my background is a little bit weird. You know, I I make what do I do? I, I run a cocktail mixers company or a cocktail company in general, I guess. And I didn't come to that from a place of like the service industry necessarily. I do have some restaurant background. My grandfather was a chef. Um, but I, my background is in poetry and psychology. And I, I was a rhetoric teacher and, uh, I wanted to be a poetry professor, uh, for a while I thought. And so, um, that just kind of, that background kind of set me up in a good way to produce some unique content. And I have some, you know, after, Standing up in front of a classroom and every you know three times a week and having to be able to talk for an hour It's uh, you know kind of a good skill to bring to the podcasting game I think if you're not gonna have the uh the banter podcast, right, right So how did you go?
1: Well, how did you go from that from teaching into hey, I want to make bitters?
0: <laughs> so I I feel like my my career to this point is the result of a series of pivots um, I uh, I know how you feel yeah. <laughs> You know so two unrelated degrees in the humanities doesn't really set you up to do much of anything uh and get uh, a decent intro salary um so uh I, I was in the marketing world for a little while just doing kind of really um kind of mundane marketing for law firms and we had this um this company on the side um embitterment bitters uh it was it, was, it just started out as a hobby me and two of my college friends um, who had moved down to the Washington, D.C. area together with me, we, uh, you know, started making bitters. And that kind of grad school or post-college time uh, is is really when you learn how to drink, uh, at least <laughs> experience, you know, away from the and drinks, the and tonics and the and cokes, uh, even though we're both drinking a gin and tonic right now. <laughs> um, but so we started making some homemade bitters. Uh, and then, you know, it was kind of a very escalating type of thing where I made a website for it. And then my buddy Ethan Hall uh, filed some paperwork. And then we joined forces with Union Kitchen, which is a really um, excellent food accelerator here in Washington, D.C. And before you knew it, we were actually making this stuff. We had all our licensing and um, definitely doing it at a very micro, micro level at first. And about a year ago, we. Uh, got to the point where somebody needed to be full-time or we needed to find something new and at that point i was kind of sick of my desk jobs i wanted to get out start moving around um, and really kind of commit to these flavors Um, and so i quit my day job and um, luckily i've got a wife who's very kind and supportive, both economically and, uh, you know, emotionally throughout throughout all this, the, the entrepreneur journey. But um, that was when Modern Bar Cart started. And um, the transition from Embitterment Bitters, which is still our beloved, you know, flagship product line to Modern Bar Cart, which is m- more of a platform now, um, came when we, we actually sat down um, in the whole foods mid-atlantic headquarters uh, and we, we pitched whole foods and they said you know this stuff is amazing we're you know so into the fact that it's certified organic but we've never been able to sell cocktail bitters and you know so that was a really kind of big thanks but no thanks that made us step back and say all right well Assuming that this is going to happen all over the place, what do we do now? And and so that's where modern bar cart came from. And we started, um, you know, thinking about how we could do more to fill out that shelf with more and different types of mixers and how education plays into it, which I think is is the the most crucial part. Uh, and, and kind of something we should maybe talk about here today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, first of all, I think you're, you're doing it right. You know, I, there's a certain podcast about podcasting that I listen to, and he always says, you know, podcasting is not a business. It's a, it's a piece of a business. So uh, in that in that way, I think you're really doing that correctly. And uh, so congrats on that. But, um, yeah, to educate consumers about what your product is, especially when it's something that a lot of people don't need, know that they need or even want, you know, it's not on their radar to begin with. So, uh, I think by spreading the, the cocktail gospel, you'll, uh, you'll, you know, you have a, a product that will fulfill
0: something they need. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, we, we definitely want people to find out about our products on the podcast, but, um, you know, from the very beginning, even before I went full time, we realized that, Um, education was a huge part of what we need to do um, because we we launched our very first you know kind of soft launch of our product was at this event called dc veg fest probably back in 2014 or 2015 and we're like okay this is a good decision these people are all you know vegetarians vegans they care about what they're putting into their bodies these are the people who are tend to be into the things like all the essential oils and all this stuff and we we're like, if anybody is going to know about bidders, which at that point, we're still a bit of, you know, a little bit more esoteric than they are today. Um, we're like, if anybody, if any group of people is going to know about bidders, it's these people. So we went there and we're like, all right, let's sell. And we spent the entire time just explaining what bitters were. And so that was a that was a big eye opening experience for us. And definitely one that kind of set the tone of, all right, when we go to these events and when we um you know, talk to our potential customers. Like education has to be part of it. Um, it, as well as enthusiasm and creativity, which are kind of like our our other, you know, uh, I guess key assets and traits as a company. Is we we're enthusiastic about what we do, and we want people to have, um, you know, kind of create. They want to, I want people to take us and take the information that we have and use that as, a, as kind of a source of creativity from themselves. So when they turn the podcast off or you know, when they, um, you know, shut the book, then they are, they're off and their mind is kind of running on its own now. We, we've kind of set them up and primed them, but now their mind is going off in its own directions and kind of branching out as they explore behind their home bar. All right. So what are you seeing in uh, in, in the home
1: sort of uh, enthusiast, home uh, hobbyist market these days? I mean, that that's mostly who you're interacting with, I guess, huh?
0: Yeah, It's it, you know, it's weird. I think of where I am. And what Modern Bar Cart is and does is that it's very much a middle ground. Um, it's And some people kind of are uncomfortable in those in-between places, but um, I, I actually find them a little bit more comfortable to be in because I get to kind of go off and explore in, in different places. So I deal with people who are distillers. I work with people in the bar and restaurant industry, um, hotel groups, Small grocery, specialty retail. Um, and I, so it's it's really interesting being kind of in the middle of all these different sales streams and cu- customers for me who I work with on a daily basis. And then also having conversations with them about their end customers who are the home bartenders. Um, so I guess to answer your question, you know, today people are definitely a lot more educated. And there's a, there's a definitely a large segment of the population who has gone out and read all the books. They've got Imbibe, they've got Liquid Intelligence, and they are kind of like the home bartending nerds. And so uh, it's great, We whenever we do events, there's, um, you know, those are the folks who come up and say, oh, cool, bitters. And then we have like a 10, 15 minute conversation, we taste the entire line. But there is another big chunk of people out there who are home bartenders who really, they, they like cocktails, and they are interested in learning more, but they're not going to be sort of like the the nerdy person who buys all the cocktail books and is just constantly like, you know, has cocktail podcasts in. And so that was a really interesting kind of group of people that we are trying to set out and kind of get in touch with partially through our podcast and also by launching some more accessible products. So we have a line of cocktail syrups called Sly Syrups. Um, We've got right now a cinnamon chili syrup, uh, ginger syrup, and just a regular simple um, they're also organic and um, we're launching this spring a hibiscus syrup and a hopped grapefruit syrup so kind of things that where if you don't know what a, a a bitters is at least when you walk by one of these syrups on the shelf you know you get an idea oh cinnamon chili spicy um ginger i love ginger just, just so flexible uh hibiscus Ooh, that gives me an idea um and so you know Even though we have these very specific bidders, like these Japanese bidders, we also uh, are kind of trying to build out um, products and ideas for people who are a little bit more in the beginning phases of their home bartending uh, journey where maybe that impulse buy at the grocery store starts the journey. And so I think that's where we're trying to um, go out and meet people a little bit more.
1: How cool. Yeah, and well, it's it's interesting. It, it, it's a it's a circle, you know, where you know maybe they go out to a to a restaurant, not necessarily a cocktail bar, and see a, and drink something interesting from the cocktail menu, and they're like, oh, what is that, you know? And then they start to wonder, oh, I wonder if I could do that at home, and then they do it at home, and they want to explore the uh, the cocktail bars more. So it's a it's a nice little circle.
0: Yeah, it's um. Y- user journeys are so kind of fascinating um you know and that's the kind of nerdy marketing side of me you know I, I have a there's this one one guy i won't i won't say his name but he's kind of like his his story i think is a really interesting one to kind of look at the way that people get into home bartending and i was at an event um in frederick maryland with one of our distilling partners mcclintock distilling we were we just had a table there we were sampling and selling and this uh, gentleman walked up to our booth um, he, and we just started chatting and, and he tasted our stuff. He had he didn't know a, really too much about bitters beyond Angostura and so we did the tasting. He bought some products and then later on we did another class there, completely different location. But he started listening to the podcast and he heard about the class. He went, joined the class, he made his own bitters. We also did some shrubs and ginger beers in that, in that class. And then, you know, later on um, when the podcast really took off, you know, we did an egg episode about a month and a half ago and he emailed me um, a a Coquito recipe that his grandfather used who uh, was in the rum industry in Puerto Rico. So um, it's just really neat to see where, you know, it starts off, you know, like you said, it can just one thing can kind of trigger that circle where it's, you know, one impulse by at your at this event that you just happen to walk by. And then you know, if you get in with, you know, a good enough um, set of people who are really interested in learning and experimenting and creativity, then, you know, the, you grow so much and you learn so much, even in this is just in the course of six months or a year. Well, it's a fun
1: hobby. And uh, just like in a fancy restaurant or something, if you try something new, you might want to try to make it at home. I just got a sous vide for Christmas I'm so excited I'm using it all the time you know but I see it I see it used at the um, at the private club where I work the chefs use it all the time I was like I gotta try that
0: <laughs> yeah that's a cool little toy for sure
1: yeah I wanna try uh, figure. I wanna figure out how to make cocktails with it Dude and somehow uh, I'm thinking like a if- Fruit infusion kind of thing, and, and you know syrups and things like that, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, heat is a really there, there's a couple different types of ways you can use to either infuse or extract flavor. right? You can do the chemical extraction, like in a cocktail bitters, where we're using generally either um, grain grain alcohol or in certain cases glycerin to extract the flavors from the fruits and the, the roots and all that stuff. Uh, or you can you know combine physical and heat extraction like perfect examples when you drink a uh, tea you put the tea bag in and the heat from the water helps to extract that so definitely i think with the sous vide you could definitely um you know do some really cool infusions and extracts
1: yeah i think so too when, when you make bitters do you, are you infusing everything all at once or is there any components that are done separately and combined later
0: yeah so you can certainly do it where you combine everything all at once um one noteworthy thing that I think we do uh, as, a, as a quality control measure is that we actually extract our gentian root separately from everything else. Um, and the reason why we do that is twofold. One, it helps us to measure and control exactly how much we're putting in um, when we kind of strain out the other, I'll give you an example. Maybe it'll be easier to understand if I do it that way. So we make our orange bitters. We get our fresh orange peel, our ginger, our fennel seed, a few other spices, and we put those in the um, extraction vessel with the uh, organic grain alcohol. And we let that sit for a period of time. And after the extraction period, we'll strain that liquid, which is now nice, beautiful orange color out and we'll, you know, Either repurpose or or toss the uh, the kind of spent ingredients, and then we'll take our bittering agent, which we had extracting at the same time, which is, is just gentian root. Organic gentian is is um, you know the ingredient that we use because it's so bitter, but also so focused. We'll pour a measure of that, you know, a certain proportion of that in with the flavor extract, and that is the end bitters product. Um, and the other reason why we do that as well is because. Uh, I'm a stickler for consistency and it's, it's difficult to achieve, um, as any distiller will tell you. And, um, so when we use fresh ingredients like ginger, like oranges that are somewhat seasonal, there's going to be slight variations. Um, you're going to get slightly more or less oily oranges, depending on where they're coming from and, um, you know, the size of them, the climate that year. And so. If I need to step back just slightly on the bittering agent, or just a little bit more for some reason, then having that as a separate kind of agent is is very useful to me in achieving that consistency. In the same way that a blender would. Gotcha.
1: Yep, that makes sense. And I and I assume different ingredients will uh, the the flavors are extracted at different rates, so it kind of makes sense to do things separately because uh, you know if one thing is has a very strong flavor after sitting in alcohol for 24 hours, and then another one might take four days or whatever. You know, I'm just making that up, but I, I imagine each thing is uh, is different.
0: Yeah, the, it, it's it's a little bit different, um, but uh, yeah, and sometimes you have to extract at different proofs. Uh, we found that extracting the orange at a higher proof is really useful because if you think about it, what are what are you extracting from the orange peel? You're extracting the essential oils, um, and oil and water don't mix. So it would stand to reason that if you have a smaller proportion of water in that extraction alcohol, then it's gonna do a better job extracting that oil. Um, and so we've we definitely found that to be the case. Um, whereas the lavender in our lavender bitters is just a bit more of a delicate, uh, bit more of a delicate product. Uh, and so when we were extracting that at you know, full proof and then proofing it down, we were getting this kind of like scorched, super soapy flavor. And just by kind of stepping down on the proof, we were able to really let the kind of perfumey and sweet aspects of that come out. So proof is another thing you got to think of when you're making bitters, for sure. Takes a lot of trial and error to make bitters, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we started with the Heritage Collection. I started the first kind of beta batches in January or February of last year, and we are just launching them now. So um, I tried to do a bunch of kind of like branching iterations on it. So I'll, I'll do one jar at first and then I'll taste it and it'll taste bad or it'll, there'll be something about it. I want to play up or down and I'll go kind of off in two different directions based on that so that it kind of speeds up the process because you do have to wait for these things to extract. So, um, it, I'm not, I'm not a chemist. I'm not a scientist. Um, but that is kind of the way that, that I, T- try. I try to use my own senses to um, tweak a recipe that we're developing. And then once once it's where we like it, then it's, it gets locked in and uh, we go off to the races. I tried making bitters once, and uh, they came
1: out terrible, and I just didn't have the patience to even try again. I guess
0: immediate satisfaction is
1: what I'm after, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
0: we hear that a lot. Um, bitter, bitters are hard, um, and yeah. it's, it's tricky Um Craft bartenders either tend to really love us or just not even really want to give us the time of day because if you're the kind of person who likes to make your own bitters and you do make the bitters for your bar, then you're probably going to be inclined to think that yours are, you know, better than better than ours. I, I don't I don't like to argue. I mean, everybody's uh, palate is different, but um, there's something to be said for having you know, somebody to do it professionally so that, you know, so that you have the same consistent product time and time again, uh, whether, as opposed to being behind the bar and having to mix up a new batch of your house bitters, and then realizing that you're out of something and, you know, that kind of throws off the consistency. Sure. Yeah. Well, I was talking to, uh, Neil
1: Bodenheimer who, uh, he's, he he owns, um, Cure and Cane and Table in New Orleans, and he's going to be actually one of the new owners of, of, uh, of Tales of the Cocktail. But, uh, anyway, I was at his, uh, I was at, in 2016, I was at his bar in, uh, during Tails interviewing him and I was commenting on his bitters and he had about 12 different bitters and, um he's um i forget what the question was I, I but he said yeah we used to make them all ourselves now we buy them <laughs> 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 you know because there's people like you that are passionate about doing that you know and right. and and to uh to a, to a bar it might just be a distraction
0: yeah well bidders are definitely you know a big part of who we are um and kind of as we branch out here um you know like like i mentioned earlier i, I really see us as as more of a, a platform now uh kind of a learning platform and uh a hub for people who either want to, um, start learning or who want to do better than learning the people who have already read imbibe and have already, you know, kind of cycled through every possible version of the Negroni in their own home. Um, and so, you know, what does that look like? Uh, we're looking into maybe starting to, um, Produce some bar carts uh, themselves uh, because oh, nice. <laughs> we get a lot of search traffic for bar carts, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. So um, oh, I've been gathering a lot of information from people about what they like and what they don't like about their bar carts, uh, so that we can, you know, when we do decide to, to branch into that, uh, we you know we can offer something that solves problems as opposed to just creating more noise on the market. Um, uh, definitely looking into, um, publishing some stuff, uh, in print, um, some resources for folks out there. So we've got some things in the work on that front. And then, um, also, you know, just kind of jumping into hardware and, you know, offering, so offering things on our site and, and through our company that, uh, you know, will allow you to just kind of hit the ground running. Um, so a lot of kits and sample packs and stuff like that, as we kind of, Grow here, um, but yeah, that's kind of like where we're looking right now. And the definitely being a knowledge hub and a platform is is really important to us. As you know, the cocktail renaissance kind of um, is is sitting here looking for kind of a new identity. Yeah, right. Well, I won't I won't keep you too much longer, but I do want to try. Uh, I want
1: to make make a old fashioned real quick with your Japanese bitters. <laughs> yeah,
0: please, please do. Uh, I can I can tell you a little bit more while you're doing that. I can I can fill some space here. So in these particular bitters, we've got um, some, a couple of noteworthy ingredients. Wasabi, um, and we use both the rhizome and the leaves. The leaves have a lighter kind of almost celery-like flavor, and the rhizome is where you get more of that, um, you know, kind of the spice. And we've got shiitake mushroom. Uh, we've got seaweed. Which is nice and saline and green, and then I'll just interject that they're a pretty uh, nice green color. So just get seaweed and uh,
1: wasabi in there.
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's one of the nice things we like about them is that it's got some of the chlorophyll color in there, and um, also uh, sencha green tea, which is a very pretty light green tea grown only in Japan. So we, uh, we've got those things. I feel like I'm missing, uh, I'm definitely missing the sesame seeds. So we, uh, toast sesame seeds and get that kind of umami blast in there as well. And uh, it's definitely a bit of a demure product. It What's that? It's a what? It's a bit of a demure product. It's, uh, it, it does kind of mirror the aesthetics and culture of Japan and that it's, it's, it asserts itself in the background and kind of flares across the back of the palate um, with the spice, but it's it's not going to be the loudest note in the drink, which um, I, I I find is kind of a nice thing when the, when the bitters uh, allow the whiskey to do its work.
1: Well, I wish uh, I would have loved to make this old fashioned with uh, rye. Actually, I think that would have been interesting. I just. Rye doesn't last very long at my house
0: <laughs> it's definitely good with a nice japanese whiskey um i find one of the best applications is just a uh, a dry manhattan with uh, two ounces of like a centauri uh or a tokai uh toki um and then uh, an ounce of dry vermouth and then a nice healthy dose of the e- e- japanese bitters and that's a really nice dry manhattan
1: mm, that sounds great oh that's interesting it's oh, it's got a nice little. Well, I used uh, I'll just mention what I use. I use Maker's Mark because I happen to have some sitting right here, so it's a little sweet from that. But then a little, a little spice comes from the bitters and some really interesting, um, interesting flavors. Yeah, yeah, we get the um, yeah, a little, little tea and uh, maybe even a little nuttiness, I guess, from the sesame seeds. Yep, absolutely, yeah.
0: and and we'll definitely be um, you know happy to send send those out to folks. I know that there's probably a lot of your listeners are planning their spring menus right now. Um, yeah. so to the extent that this is interesting to folks out there in the bartending world, um, feel free to. Um, either go to modernbarcart.com and uh, hit us up through the contact form or um, reach out to us on social. You can also email podcast at info at or eric at modernbarcart.com and something's going to get to me. So, uh, Awesome. Happy to send them out. Oh, that's great, Eric. Thank
1: you so much for that offer. Well, man, uh, it was such a pleasure talking to you and uh, look forward to staying in touch and uh, maybe sharing a cocktail one day. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. Cheers. Cheers. That was nice of Eric to offer to send samples out to bars, and that's for uh, professional bartenders. If, if, if you want to take them up on that offer for a sample to be sent to your bar, uh, you can hit them up, as he said. He, Eric also sent over a coupon code for our home bartenders, our enthusiasts. And if you'd like to try some of these products, then save 15% at ModernBarCart.com off your off your full order, just use the coupon code Bartender Journey, all one word, no space, and uh, that's not case sensitive. Doesn't matter. And uh, so, yeah, 15% off at Modern Bar Cart with the coupon code Bartender Journey. Stand by for our toast. First, I'll remind you that if you'd like to support this show, please check out our Patreon campaign. All the info is at bartenderjourney.net slash Patreon. If you'd like to uh, help out the show with a small monthly donation, we'd really appreciate it. All right, here's our toast. It's more of a quote, but I think it works. It's uh, something somebody said during the Oscars the other night. You are bound by nothing. Cheers. We'll talk to you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. Mm -hmm.